Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. There's a film that came out several years ago called Chasing Mavericks. Some of you might have seen it. And it's based on the true story of a surfer called Jay Moriarty, who desperately wanted to surf an iconic surf spot called Mavericks. Now, Mavericks is famous because it produces some of the biggest waves in the world, up to 60 feet, which is about 18 meters. And just to give you some perspective, that's a height of about a five-story building. So it's no joke. And he convinces his neighbor, a guy called Frosty, to teach him how to surf there. Frosty is one of the the few people that knows how to surf Mavericks, and Jay is just a teenager at the time, and Frosty says, no, there's no way I'm teaching you how to surf there. But eventually he agrees to teach him, and the very first thing that Frosty teaches Jay is how to increase his lung capacity. He tells him that if he can't breathe underwater or, or hold his breath for at least four minutes at a time, he might as well not even paddle out. You see, if a wave of that magnitude crashes on top of you, it forces you under the water for several minutes at a time, and if you can't hold your breath, you die. He also had to learn how to tread water for up to 40 minutes at a time. So here's the thing, in order to go after the big waves, Jay had to enlarge or increase his capacity. You know, I've realized that it's the same in life. In order to go after the big things that God has for you and I, we need to increase our capacity. Look at what it says in the book of Ephesians because it speaks about God's power, but then it speaks about our capacity to receive it. Ephesians 1 and verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and and his incomparably great power, notice, for us who believe. Can you see, God isn't just powerful. He's not just out there and he's almighty. No, he's powerful for you and I. He's powerful for the benefit of all creation. Ephesians 3 and verse 16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power. There's that word again together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure, to capacity of all the fullness of God. Listen, in order to contain all that God has for us, our capacity needs to increase. Verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask Or imagine, no matter how big you think God is today, he's bigger than that. Amen? According to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You see, church, God wants to do big things in us and through us. Listen, even during a global pandemic when it feels like life is on hold or or we're on a go slow or, or perhaps because of circumstance, we feel like our lives have come to a standstill. But in order for God to do bigger things in you and I and through us, our capacity needs to increase. And so today I wanna speak to you about developing a greater 
capacity. Developing a greater capacity. The bigger we are on the inside, the bigger our world becomes on the outside. The bigger we are as people, the bigger our lives can be. Amen? The bigger our businesses will be. You won't find somebody running a a big, successful business who's a small person. The bigger we are as people, the bigger our church can be. The bigger our relationships, the better our relationships will be. And our greater, the, the greater the scope of our influence in life will be. The more capacity you have, the more you can carry in life. The definition of capacity is the maximum amount that something can contain. Think about a, a little shot glass, just 25 mils, versus a water jug of one liter. How many of you know the ability to hold water is not a limitation of the water? You can take those two items down to the ocean. You've got all the water in the world, yet the one can only contain 25 mils, and the other one can only contain a liter. You see, the issue is the capacity of the vessel. Now, God's power isn't the issue. He can do immeasurably more. Amen? The issue is our capacity, our ability to carry what God has for us, and our ability to handle what life throws at us. First truth I want to share with you today is that God is a God of increase. God is a God of increase. Think about this. Whenever Jesus, who was the manifestation of God, In the flesh, 1 Timothy 3 tells us this. Whenever Jesus encountered people, he left them different. When he encountered the lame, what did he want to do? He wanted to increase their capacity. No, I don't want you to just stay there stuck and unable to walk. I want to increase you so that you can get up and get moving. When he encountered the blind, he wanted to cause them to see. He wanted the sick to be healed. He wanted to enlarge the disciples. When Jesus met Peter, look what he said. One, uh, John 1 and verse 42. It says, looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter, which also means rock. Your name is, but you will be. Simon means one who hears or, or, or one who has heard. And I think Jesus is saying, you know what, I'm going to enlarge you. I'm going to increase your capacity. And when I'm done with you, you're not just going to be somebody who hears or or someone who once heard something profound. No, no, you're going to be Cephas, the rock, a pillar of stability in the church. How many of you know, Peter was anything but stable for most of his journey. It kind of of flies in the face. What do you mean rock, Lord? He was hot-tempered. He cut off somebody's ear. He was insecure. He said to Jesus, what about him, Lord? What's his journey going to be about? You know, he he denied Jesus. When the going got tough, he got going. See, Jesus still used him and continued to enlarge his capacity until he became the man that Jesus called him to be. And that's what he wants to do in your life and in my life, but it's going to require us to increase our capacity. Your name is is. Listen, it doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter what your current situation or your label or your, or your story is right now. With Jesus, you will be. Now, before we look at some key areas in which we need to enlarge our capacity, there are a few things that are needed. I've discovered that there are three A's that make enlargement or an increase in capacity possible. 
The first A is an acknowledgement. We can never increase our capacity if we don't acknowledge our current level. Many of the, the programs that help athletes to get into their, 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 their peak performance, cyclists, runners, you know, Olympic uh, competitors, they talk about honesty. If you want to lose weight or you want to get healthy and you go to a dietitian, you've got to get honest. You can't say, no, no, I never go to McDonald's ever. Meantime, you're there every day. You have to honestly acknowledge your current capacity in order to move beyond it. Amen? And there, there are different types of people or, or different stages that we go through when it comes to growth. The first is this, those who don't want to grow. There are people who don't want to increase their capacity. Some of us, we, we don't see the need for it. We're happy as, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm quite content. Why? Because we think that we've experienced enough or we think we know enough. Some Christians are like, I know this church thing, you know, I've been around the block, I've been at several churches. But then you get those who think they're big. Ever met someone like that? I've realized that whenever you meet a big person who's living a big life and they're successful, they're achieving things, God's working in their lives, they have the ability to bounce back from trials and, and setbacks. Whenever you talk to them and you say, man, you're doing so well, God is good, look how, look how well you're doing. They often say this, thanks, but you know, I'm getting there. You know, I've got a long way to go. You know, someone like that is one of the great people that, that we've met in, at Rivers Belita. We've met some wonderful people in the time that we've been there. But one of the, one of the people that's just like this is Tendai the Beast Mtawarira. Many of you will know that he is a, a Rugby World Cup winner. And I remember speaking to him in the months leading up to the World Cup, and he would come to church week after week. Every week he would look leaner and meaner. He really is a beast. I mean, I posted a picture on Instagram the other day for his birthday. I looked like a little person standing next to him. It's embarrassing. But he would come, and, and no matter how much we would encourage him and say, man, you're doing so well, and you, you're looking so good, and you're putting in the work, and you, we just believe that this is the year. Well, it was our year. We went on and, and won the World Cup. Praise the Lord. But every time I would do that, he'd say, thanks, Pastor, but you know, we, we've got a long road ahead of us. We, we've got a long way to go. I've discovered that big people don't usually think they're all that big. They don't think they've arrived, and that's why they continue to grow. Back in 1999, two Cornell University psychologists, David Dunning and Justin Kruger, coined the term the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's a cognitive bias whereby people who are incompetent at something, they, they're horrible at their jobs, they're unable to recognize their own incompetence. Now, you can just look straight ahead this morning, but have you ever met someone who tells you, man, I should have been a chef. I am such a good cook. You know, you should taste my cooking. Then you go around to their house and you taste their cooking and you're like, sorry, where's the bathroom? <laughs> Maybe you've met someone who tells you they're a great athlete. Man, I'm, the, I'm such a great soccer player. I should have been in the premiership. And then you kick a ball around in the garden and they trip over their own shoelaces. What about idols? People come in and they, they say, I think I've got what it takes to win this competition. I'm a great singer, I've got the look, I've got the talent. And then they open their mouth to sing. I, I remember years ago, Simon Cowell told the, this one guy, he said, he said, sorry, but I think you're the worst singer in the world. Imagine being called the worst singer in the world. And then parents storm in and, oh, 
F words and we'll show you. I'm going to be famous one day. Why? Because they can't recognize that they're not that big. One study showed that only 38% of employees have a realistic view of their abilities or their capacity. And that same 38% were the only ones who could handle any form of criticism related to their work. The other 62% seemed shocked and insulted when faced with feedback that would suggest they were anything but awesome. But there's a third type of person. This is who we need to be. Those who acknowledge that they need to grow. I said it before, acknowledging that we need to grow is the starting point for growth. Now, we might not always think so, but we all have room to grow and enlarge. And when we acknowledge that, our capacity can be increased. Think about our church. A big church isn't just a a church filled with a lot of people. We're not gathering a crowd here at Rivers Church. We're not just putting on a program to, to gather people. No, a big church is made up of big people because big people embrace big dreams. Small people shy away from them, especially when the going gets tough. Oh, don't you know it's COVID-19? You know, we can't step out. No, no, big people embrace big dreams despite circumstance. Big people know how to forgive and move on and keep moving forward. Small people hold a grudge. Oh, I said hi to you in the comments two weeks ago and you, and you didn't see my comment. Big people see the big picture. Small people only see themselves. Big people do what's needed, but small people only do what satisfies. The second thing that we need in order to enlarge our capacity, we need an acknowledgement, but then we need an ask. If the life we're living isn't constantly asking us to be more, asking us, calling us to step beyond what we've already done and, and break new ground, then our lives are too small. You know, when you become a partner or a a member of Rivers Church, there is an ask. No longer do you just come or or log on on, and watch on YouTube and consume. No, once you partner with us, now you have to contribute and help us to build. When you volunteer in a ministry team, there is an ask. No longer do you have the luxury of arriving just in time for worship or maybe during the third song. No longer do you have the luxury of coming to the service that you prefer. No, you just serve where the need is. It's more of an ask. Now, I've been on the team for several years. I think it's 20-odd years, now 21 years, something like that. And what I've discovered is that serving is easy. But what isn't easy is serving long-term. It's easy to serve for, for a stint, Oh, I'm excited, this is awesome, let me, let me do this thing. What's hard is week after week after week, getting up and, and, and putting others ahead of yourself. If you're gonna do it long term, guess what? You need a greater capacity. In Luke 9, someone comes along and they, they say to Jesus that they wanna follow him. Let's read verse 57. It says, on the road, someone asked if he could go along. I'll go with you wherever, he said. In other words, this seems fun, this seems easy, I'm hyped up, everyone's everyone's excited about Jesus, I I, I think I'll do this thing. But notice how Jesus responds. He says, it says, Jesus was curt, he was abrupt, he he was to the point. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying at the Michelangelo, you know? In other words, if you wanna follow me, if if you wanna step into a bigger life spiritually, you're gonna need a bigger capacity for discomfort. It's not always gonna be a, a smooth ride. 
And often as Christians, we get confused when tough times come. We're like, but I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. What's going on? Why are things hard? Why is it not easy anymore? I've been through seasons where, you know, I was almost convinced that I was under spiritual attack because things were hard and, and, they were, and, and I was out of my comfort zone only to realize that I was bumping up against the edge of my current capacity and the calling on my life was asking me, calling me to enlarge. There has to be something in your life that's constantly asking you, demanding you to grow. Otherwise, you know what happens? We generally don't. Number three, the third A that we need. We need an acknowledgement, we need an ask, but then we need an action. An increase in capacity is always going to require action. And I think often we can limit what God wants to do because we're unwilling to take action. I've seen it in my own journey. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 11. Paul says, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open spacious life. And can I just say on behalf of our senior pastors and our team, that's what we want for your life. We can't wait to see you enlarge and, and step into a bigger life and do big things for God. We don't want you to shrink back because of COVID or, or anything that life throws at you. Paul's encouraging them, but he says this, we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Ouch. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. In other words, there's no ask in your life. Nothing is calling you to a, to a higher level. And this is why Paul is encouraging them. And then because he's being so hectic, he says, I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. In other words, take action. Do something. Don't just sit there. Your, your life isn't small, but you're living it in a small way. And, and in a season like this where it's become normal to hold back, it's normal to be tentative. Oh, I'll, I'll see how I feel on Sunday morning. You know, maybe I'll join. It's become normal to be passive and, 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 and kind of like, don't expect much from me. Don't you know it's COVID-19? You're asking me to, 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 to be alive in the comments? No, I'll just watch. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to deal with life right now. Now, I want to remind you that even now in the season, God has more for your life. Don't think that because the buildings have been closed that, that God's on holiday, he's taken a sabbatical and he'll be back when COVID is over. No, there is more. You've got to be positioned for it. You've got to keep your fire for the purposes of God burning, but God can only fill you to your current capacity. If you want greater influence, if you want to make a bigger difference in this world, you're going to need a bigger capacity. And that applies to ministry, it applies to business, it applies to parenting, family, marriages, or whatever it is in life that you want to go for. Now, maybe you're watching today and you, you think, man, this, this sounds awesome, but you don't know my story. I, I've, I've, I've done things. I want to encourage you that despite whatever it is that you've done, God can still use you. You might have done things that have actually caused your life to shrink. You might have lost your capacity to do things. But, but don't write yourself off, because I want to remind you that God used Moses after he killed a man and hid in the desert. He used Paul after he hated and persecuted and killed Christians. He used Peter after he denied Jesus. He enlarged their capacity, and he wants to do the same in your life. But the second truth today is that the enemy is a capacity killer. 
If we allow him to, he'll steal away our capacity and he'll shrink our lives. He's out to destroy whatever it is that God is stirring and, and putting inside of us because he knows that if we partner with God and we allow him to, to increase us and, and we do what we can to increase our capacity and God fills us more, he knows we'll do big things. But there are things in life, there, there are certain things that harm us and they cause us to lose the capacity we have. Things like sin. You know, God gives us a pattern for living. He's not out to spoil our fun. No, no, to be a Christian is to never have fun. No, no, no. God understands that sin is going to damage you and it's going to cause you to lose your capacity. When it comes to lung capacity, there's certain things that will cause you to lose it or, or to, 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 to stop us from increasing it. Things like lack of exercise. Don't feel condemned, but something like smoking or even vaping. Various types of disease, including COVID. Some people are struggling with long COVID. They're trying to get their lung capacity back. And we've got to guard against that in the spiritual if we want to increase our capacity and, and receive and carry all that God has for our lives. 1 Timothy 4, I hope you're being helped, is an appropriate verse for the times. It says, the Spirit makes it clear that as time goes on, some are going to give up on the faith and chase after demonic illusions put forth by professional liars. These liars have lied so well and for so long that they've lost their capacity for truth. Listen, we need to make sure at a time like this when information is coming at us and opinions and voices 24-7 that we don't lose our capacity for the actual truth. No, no, don't live your truth. Live according to God's truth. See, often the issue is not God's word, it's not his power, it's not what he wants to do, it's our capacity to receive it. And so there's some key areas in which we need to enlarge, and in the time that we have left, I want to give you five things. You ready? Number one, we have to increase our capacity to handle trouble. John 16 and verse 33, Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. Not if, but when. So we must increase our capacity to handle it. We need a higher pain threshold. Otherwise, like Pastor Andre shared over the last two weeks, we'll be easily put off. Some people have a hard week at work and then they shrink back. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna watch this week. I'm tired. Or we say this, I'll watch during the week. How many of you know we often don't? We, we put it off and then we leave it. Some people say, no, no, I'm not coming to church or no, I'm not going to watch this week and I'm in a bad place. Let me encourage you, if you're in a bad place, don't stay in a bad place. Get to a good place. It's called church online. When our buildings are open, it's called the house of God. Amen? But, but other people, you, you chat to them, they've lost a family member, they've been robbed, their cars got stolen, or they've had health challenges. You know, life is hard, yet they're still in church, and they're serving, and they're commenting, and they're engaging online. Higher threshold. Greater capacity to handle trouble. One of our beloved partners at Rivers Belito, who sadly passed away last year, uh, Mum and Tumbi, she had terrible problems with her knees. She had extensive surgery, and she was always in a lot of physical pain, but she'd come to church every Sunday on her crutches. She'd worship passionately. Sometimes she'd have to sit down during the worship, but she was there, 
and she was passionate and she was singing. And then during the word, she'd respond, she'd lift a hand. You know, she was, she's one of those people who, if you said something that she agreed with, she'd lift a hand and along would come her crutch. Every Sunday, she'd, she'd fill in a prayer request, and it was always about someone else. Lord, have your hand upon our young people, she would say. Have your hand upon this family member and that family member, on our church leadership, on the government. It was never about her. It was always about other people. Inspiring that despite the, the physical pain and, and the challenges that she was able to push through. I think that, that's the kind of people we need to be as followers of Christ. We need to be resilient. Some of us are far too easily put off. You know, one of the great life lessons that you get from skateboarding is how to push through pain. And I know because I've broken a wrist, I've broken an ankle, I've got screws and plates. And earlier this year, I fell and cracked a few ribs. It was very embarrassing. All the 11-year-olds came running to see if I was okay. <laughs> but I want to show you a short clip of a guy called Christian Flores. He's a YouTuber. He's not a professional skateboarder. But he was so determined to land a specific trick down what's called a three set. It's like three sets of stairs. He was so determined to land this trick that he tried for two years. Listen, some of us tried online church once and then we were like, no, it's not the same. He tried for two years. Let's take a look. Everybody has their own project that they're doing, mostly like for themselves, you know, just so that they can accomplish something. This was mine, so this is pretty much a story of me dying for the past two years trying to film something. I'm not really the most consistent skateboarder, and I don't land stuff every try at all. As a matter of fact, I fall most of the time. Now, it's been about two years, and I'm gonna say I've been there at least 10 times every year, and that's also about 100 tries every time, because I don't stop unless like I physically can't, or my like board is broken. I, like, I went to the hospital twice, I think. I like cracked my rib, like doing it, and I hit my head. I don't think it matters how much you try something. I think it only matters how hard you went for it. And even if you didn't do it, but you still like tried your heart out, that's still amazing that you had the determination to try it. Like in, in my eyes, I'm like, funny. The last time I went, I was really hungry. So <laughs> I ate McDonald's and a coffee before I started trying it. And that was like a pretty bad idea. So I got there after I ate my McDonald's and my little coffee and started trying for about like 20 minutes and I started to puke a little bit like in my mouth and I could feel it and I was like I shouldn't eat McDonald's but I was like I'm not gonna stop like I'm just gonna keep going. So like I go back to the top of the runway and uh, I puked over the handrail and right when I puked I was like alright doing it right now like I ran as fast as I could and right when I flipped it I remember thinking like here it comes. 
And like when I landed it, it's like I blacked out for a second and all of a sudden like there was like a car in front of me. I was like, oh my God, I'm the only way. And it was just like two years of killing myself trying to land something. Isn't that amazing? Notice that when he started, he didn't have the capacity to land that trick. He only had the capacity to handle pain. And as he was able to endure the pain, the one capacity led to a capacity in another area. And right now, you might not have the capacity to do the things that you're dreaming of doing. You might not have the capacity to do what God is calling you to do right now. But if you can push through, if you can be more resilient, I believe that it'll lead to greater capacity in other areas as well. You know, trouble can actually cause us to do one of two things. Either we rely on God or we run from God. I love what, what David says in, in Psalm 4 and verse 1. He says, whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. No, you didn't remove my challenges. See, God, we don't go to, go to bed at night and say, Lord, please, COVID, it's hectic, please remove it. And then we wake up the next morning and it was all a dream. No, God enlarges us and increases us if we allow him to, to handle whatever it is we're facing in life. Number two, second area in which we need to increase our capacity is our capacity to grow. I mentioned it earlier. Some people think that they're big. It's a tragedy when you get to the point where, where, where you just settle and no longer you have the desire or the capacity to enlarge your life. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells us a story of of three men who had different levels of capacity. Verse 14 says, again, it, that's the kingdom, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. In other words, according to their capacity. And the one who received one, you know what, he did nothing with it. He took it and he waited for somebody to give him more. And when the master came, he didn't say, shame. You know, you don't have capacity. You're just, you're just an entry-level worker. No, he was rebuked for it, and he ended up losing what he had because he didn't use what he had. You see, when we grow, especially spiritually, everything attached to us grows. Our relationships grow. When you become a bigger person, your business grows. Your finances are, are more secure, and they, they increase. Amen. We need to increase what's in our lives because the more we do, the more God can fill. You know, we don't have time to read it, but there's a, a great example of this in 2 Kings 4 where a widow came to Elisha, the man of God, and, and said, you know what, my husband's died, he's got a debt, and the creditors want to take my sons away as payment. And he said, well, well what do you have? She said, well, I don't have anything except a little oil. And he told her to go home and get all the containers she had and to start pouring out the oil. Do you know what she's doing? She's making room. She's using what she has. And the word says that once she had filled every single container, once everything was filled to capacity, the oil stopped flowing. You know, in our lives, when we don't create more capacity, when we don't create more room for increase, often the oil stops flowing. I want to encourage you, no matter how big or small your life is, God still has more for you, but you're going to need to increase your capacity to receive it. Number three, I hope you're being helped. Time ticketh exceedingly quicketh. We need to increase our capacity to believe. Our faith needs to increase, especially at a time like this. You know, whenever we hear the word of God, we need to embrace it and apply it 
not reject it or redefine it. And many Christians today are not just rejecting the word of God. They're not just saying, I don't believe anymore. No, they're redefining it to fit in with how they feel or what they desire. But when God speaks to us and we believe and we trust him at his word, you know what happens? Our faith capacity increases. In Luke 5, Jesus is teaching in Simon Peter's boat. And when he's finished, he says, I want you to push out into the deep waters for a catch. Luke 5 and verse 5, Simon says, Master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, the King James says, at your word, I'll let out the nets. You see, Peter had to go against his instincts, all reason, everything that he knew to be true as an experienced fisherman. He could have said, hang on a sec, Jesus. You do the preaching, we'll do the fishing. We know what we're doing. He'd say, no, hang on a sec. But because you're saying so, it defies my own experience. It defies what I know to be true. I'm going to listen. Goes on to say, it was no sooner than done. A huge haul of fish straining the nets past capacity. They waved to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they filled both boats, nearly swamping them with a catch. So these fishermen had a capacity. The the nets were past capacity. The boats were filled to capacity, but it took faith. They had to believe the word of God. And the more you and I trust God, the more we'll do. The less we trust him, the smaller our lives will become. I want to ask you, what are you trusting God for in this season? So hang on, it's COVID. No, no, what are you trusting him for? Perhaps your faith capacity has diminished during lockdown. I want to encourage you to start taking God at his word once again. Begin expecting big things from him despite your current circumstance. Remember, he can do immeasurably more. And when we remember that, we'll step past our own understanding, our own reasoning, our own earthly experience. Oh, Lord, it's tough down here. You know, it's COVID, and then we had civil unrest, and it's hectic. No, no, he's not out of touch. He knows what we're going through. Step beyond that. Just believe him at his word, and it'll cause you to step into deep waters and receive all that he has for your life. You know, many years ago, Pastor Andre told a story about two ladies standing in in line for a soup kitchen, and it was a, a natural disaster in their town or in their region. And the one lady came with a jug. The next lady came behind her, she had a bucket. Well, the lady with the jug looked at the lady with the bucket and she thought, what a cheek coming here with a bucket. So she, she turned around and she said, huh, they won't fill that. Well, the lady with the bucket said, you know, I'm believing that they will. Well, they got to the front of the line, guess what? They filled the jug and they filled the bucket. Now, when we, become, when we come before the Lord with our buckets of faith, he doesn't say, what? Are you kidding me? It's COVID-19. Come with a thimble. Where's your shot glass? No, the word tells us in Hebrews 4 to come before the Lord boldly, and he'll fill whatever we bring to capacity. But listen, here's what I've discovered. You can only come before the Lord boldly if you know the Lord and you trust him at his word. You see, when you trust him at his word, you'll come with Jojo tanks and you'll come with buckets and you'll come with with vehicles. Why? Because you'll remember that he can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And number five, we're going to skip ahead. Number four, hope you've been helped. We need to increase our capacity to love people. John 13, 35, Jesus says that 
people will know that we are his true followers, not by how we look or by our education or our intelligence or our communication skills or by our great church programming. All of those things are, are great, but, but that people will know that we are his true disciples by how we love, how we value other people. Amen? And it starts here in the house. If we can't value people and, and, and see them the way that God sees them here, how are we going to go out into the world and do it there? Amen? We must increase our capacity to relate to other people if we want to live a bigger life because people are valuable. I think often we treat them like commodities or we, we treat people like they're a nuisance. Maybe that's just on the North Coast. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you would know that we had civil unrest across the whole of KZN, and it was great to see communities coming together and helping one another. It was, it was inspiring, but, but sadly, what always happens is that as it blows over, people go back to their old selves. We were at the licensing, licensing department on Monday, and two, two gentlemen, I don't know if that's the right word, but two, two men almost got into a fist fight in the, in the line. Now, I was here first. Now, I was in, and I was outside, and then they said... It's like amazing how all of a sudden when, when it's all blown over and there's no need and there's nothing to protect, that we can slip back into old habits. It needs to be who we are. Amen? Henry Ford, who, who was famously hard and poor on relationships, he said this, why is it that I get the whole person when all I want is a pair of hands? Some people say that about their employees. No, I, I don't need all this mess and your issues and stuff. I just want you to do your job. Some people say that about their marriage. Why do I get the whole person? <laughs> Some of you caught that. Listen, church, the minute we lose sight of changed lives, the minute we lose sight of what God is doing, we heard it in the testimony. You, you know what happens in, in, in a time like this when we're at home and we, we're journeying forward together but, but, but separately is that you can lose sight of what God is doing in your life. You can lose sight of what God's doing in the lives of other people. And when you lose sight of that, you can become negative, you can get bent out of shape, you can miss what God's trying to do, and you can make it all about you. Don't lose your capacity to love people or to see people, especially in the season of isolation. And one of the best ways that you and I can increase our capacity to love people is to serve people, amen? Proverbs 11.25 says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Sometimes we think serving others is losing. Oh, no, it's going to cost me time, and it's going to rob me of my, my energy, and it's not really going to add anything to my life. Well, actually, the Word tells us that you will be energized. Why is it that when you speak to somebody who does relatively little, you, you say, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so tired. Hey. Oh, have you had a busy week? No, I've been chilling on the couch. Then you speak to someone who, who's carrying big business or big responsibility, they, they're living a bigger life, and they always seem to be energized. Why? Because those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. When you and I don't exercise in the natural, we lose bone density. We lose muscle tone. Our health suffers. But when we stay active, our overall health improves. Now, when you and I serve others, both in the church and outside of the church, when we live for something bigger than just ourselves, our overall spiritual and physical health improves. Now, how, how do we serve in the season? Because you say, well, the building's closed. I can't serve. Well, you can serve by engaging with the services each week. Youth and young adults. Sisters, once a month on a Friday. Sunday services. By creating an atmosphere in the comments, not just watching or half-watching. 
I'll just watch from the kitchen while I have breakfast. No, no, no. Connect with other people. Say amen. Say hi. Hi, so-and-so, even if they didn't greet you back. You're a big person. You won't hold a grudge. Amen. You can serve the house through your faithful giving. You can serve by, by praying for people, having a prayer list, maybe even people that you don't know. I saw that name in the comments. I'm going to add them. I don't know who they are, but I'm going to pray for them. Inviting people to join the online stream or, or maybe hosting a watch party in your home if it's safe to do so. And then, of course, getting involved in the Rivers Foundation. Listen, serving is the ask in your life. When you serve a church, when we have in-person services, there's a call time. And it's usually very early. And when that alarm goes off, it's calling you to live for something bigger than yourself. You could hit the snooze button, but you don't for the benefit of others and for the glory of God. And the more you do, the more your capacity to, increases to be able to do that. And you make a much greater impact on the world around you. God can do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. But in order to contain all that he has for us, we must develop a greater capacity. As we come to a close, I hope you've been helped. Time ticketh, but I want to share a short story with you. Many of you would have heard of a man called Niccolo Paganini. We've mentioned him several times before. He's a composer and a violinist, and when he died, he donated his violin to the city of Genoa, which is the city of his birth, but he gave strict instructions for the violin never to be touched or to be played. And so they put it in a glass case on display in the local museum. Well, because it hasn't been touched, the wood actually after 170 years or so has started to disintegrate. You see, the wood actually benefits when the instrument is touched and played. It actually sounds better over time. Do you know that when you and I don't use what we have, when we don't enlarge our capacity, it doesn't just stay the same, it actually begins to diminish. It starts to disintegrate instead of getting better and better. And that's what God wants for our lives. He wants us to go from strength to strength because He is the God of more. He is the God of increase. Even during a time like this, during COVID-19 and various other challenges, God still has more for your life. But you know, just like that, the, the wood on that violin, Jesus gave us the cross. But there was no instruction for us not to touch it, to put it in a glass case. No, we can freely lay hold of it. We can lay hold of what Jesus did for you and I. We can receive him as our Lord and Savior, but it starts with a response. And if you're watching or listening today and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that now. You see, the longer you put it off, the more the cross will begin to disintegrate in your life. It'll become like that violin in a case. It, it, it has no power. You can look at it from a distance and say, wow, it's amazing what Jesus did for those people. But you never lay hold of it yourself. If that's you today, if you know that you need to respond, perhaps for the first time, or perhaps you know that you're not right with the Lord and you need to recommit your life, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me now so that when you leave the service, you'll know that you're right with the Lord. Dear Jesus, Today I acknowledge my need for you and I invite you into my life. Today I lay hold of you as my Lord and Savior. Create in me a new heart and enlarge me as I commit to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 